Well, hello, everybody. You're listening to Woodworkers Podcast. I'm Ben Brunick, and I'm joined, as always, with Philip Morley and Ramon Valdez. How are you guys doing this evening? Doing good. Fantastic, man. How are you doing? Great, great. Normal. Normal fare. Um, Say we've got a special guest on the podcast tonight, Matt Kenny, author, furniture maker, writer, teacher, um, has has the book 52 Boxes in 52 Weeks. I think a lot of you probably know him from Fine Woodworking and Shop Talk Live, right? That's the podcast? Jeez, what's, what the hell's the name of the podcast? Yeah, for, for... you don't know the name of the podcast I was on? Terrible. It's Shop Talk Live or it's, or it's, or what's, uh, and then there's, ah, uh, Jesus, I can't. The other, <laughs> Fine Woodworking Live, Christ. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. Sorry. Sorry. You guys have, they have done some impressive research. <laughs> you think we have time to research this shit? Yeah. That's, that's what Craig said last time when he was on. Know, he don't really. know me at all. Why? Well, I'm, yeah. I'm not even Matt Kinney talking about. Right? Who the hell is this guy? <laughs> Yeah, who's Matt Kinney? Yeah, Craig, Craig, Craig was funny, man. He kind of scared me a little bit. He's <laughs> like, Craig damn, Phil, you don't know me at all. I know, it's like, oh, shit. Chippendale will hunt you down. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah, you were anyway, right, Ben. It's Shop Talk Live. Yeah. <laughs> Phil's got his screen up. <laughs> yeah, Phil's doing it right now. Phil doesn't know who I am. Man, Kenny, it's fantastic to have you on the show. We we really appreciate you taking the time, man. This sure, is going to no be good. Problem. Yeah, I'm, yep. happy, I'm happy to do it. Uh, sadly, the last time I was down in Texas, I lost three big straight hands of poker to Phil, and that's why I'm doing this. <laughs> Wait, we have to pay you? <laughs> Hang on a second. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Good, good talk to you again. It's uh, it's been a while. I was gonna ask you um, the fifty-two box. Why not fifty-two chairs in fifty-two weeks? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think the name is the the title is brilliant. It's very um, it's appealing. For one, where did you get the idea or the inspiration for for that book? Well, initially it wasn't. I mean, initially I just wanted to become a better designer and better furniture box maker sure and and i knew that the way to do that was just to make a lot of boxes yeah that is awesome did you like 15 before you started (laughs) you said you could jump ahead (laughs) that's what i I would have had to have done i think (laughs) for those weeks that i was slacking well i think i made three before i announced that i was doing it Uh um but the 52 weeks started when I started making the boxes, not when I announced it. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so I got a little bit of a head start, but not much. And there were times when, you know, because at the time I was still working at the mat, at fine woodworking, and I traveled a lot for work. And, you know, I'm, I'm a dad. At the time I was married, and uh, it, was, um, it, was, it was a tough balancing act to get all of those boxes made yeah i'm not sure that would be a challenge yeah yeah but it was fun i loved it because you know i love being in the shop and i love making stuff and uh it was a great way to ensure that i was out in the shop building sure 
Mm-hmm. Now, was in this designing. something? Um, I mean, was this something like you kind of uh, bounce around when you were at the magazine um, with the rest of the guys there? Like, was, did someone pitch this idea to you, or you just decided? Hey, I'm going to challenge myself to build 52 bucks in 52 weeks. Why shouldn't I just write a book about it? Well, so yeah, I came up with the idea on my own. Um, there, are, I get asked about where the idea came from, or and there's there's like several different explanations of where the idea came from. But they're all they <clears throat> excuse me, they were all sort of concurrent. But um, I always knew that if if I did this, if I could make 52 boxes in a year that that would provide me with sort of the knowledge and background to write a book about making boxes. Mm-hmm. Right. You're pretty in-depth, but <clears throat> right. you know, with, with that much, that's a lot yeah. of work. And I already had been making a lot of boxes prior to that, but um, it wasn't until late, like, you know, I started writing about it on my website and people started reading it and people were getting excited about it it wasn't until you know until later that i realized that just the project in and of itself would make a decent book oh okay um, cool yeah so it, my the initial I, the idea wasn't to make a book about just the project okay that's what i wasn't sure of uh, you know i have your book and if i probably read it i probably would notice absolutely <laughs> <laughs> but it's got so many pretty pictures and you know me i like pictures you do like pictures yeah and I emojis yeah phil loves his freaking emojis oh my god it's because i can't spell man <laughs> uh, yeah the, the, no the title is uh, me, is so. very it's intriguing I just ordered it at actually. God, you were really good at your research there. Well, it's a it's a cool it's a cool idea in that it, it forces you. I mean, if you're going to be making if you're going to be making that many, it's going to force you into into the design work. Yeah, it was always about design. Mm-hmm. Um, learning to become a better designer. And you do that just like you do anything through repetition. Um, but I do think in furniture making or any in any craft that you can't just design; you also have to make those designs. You have to execute them because right. you learn you learn a lot about how to design well by making the designs. You know, you learn what works and what doesn't work. And so it was always about design, but it also became a great exercise in making. Sure. Right, right. Well, so, you know, the, the thing I love about the boxes, I mean, I know this kind of just, it, it goes hand in hand with probably your design philosophy, but, you know, less is more type thing. But, you know, you see 52 boxes, you think you'd have to start getting pretty crazy to make them so unique and different. And you kind of proven that with this design, it's, you don't have to get too fussy or too crazy with it. And you have a very simple form but they are all very unique and, and beautifully done. Well, first, thanks, Phil. That means a lot uh, coming from you. I don't mean um, it. I know you don't mean it. But... <laughs> you know the fact I mean that it. you would even faint it is impressive. <laughs> um, it's but, true, though, uh, right? You could, you could get nuts. I see some boxes and they're crazy. You know, it's like there's so much going on. Yeah, so when I first started to woodworking, and I would check out books from the library or whatever, and I would, I like, I've always liked making boxes, 
and I would get books about making boxes and all the boxes to me looked really dated you know right, it was right. like it's like oh that would fit in in the 80s yeah and <laughs> my sense of you know my aesthetic is much more modern than that and one and, and you know and I wanted to make boxes that look different from the majority of the stuff you see getting made by other well-known box makers and right. I mean I already had that in me and it was just sort of trying to bring it out and but yeah you don't need to get complicated to make beautiful things I don't I don't believe right. I can, think it can be a challenge to actually you know approach it with the less is more and sometimes simple is actually more complicated as far as joinery and everything but toning back is really that that sometimes is the challenge right it is, you know? yeah definitely making something that's simple and yet beautiful is in fact difficult right yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. and it's about mm -hmm. the grain that's where the, the grain selection and that's what you you know obviously you do uh, amazingly at and that makes the difference if you if you pick out the selection of the word poorly it's going to really reflect on such a simple clean piece because it's not hiding Definitely. yeah there's Definitely. no place for it to hide and it's right in, it's you know and usually in arm's reach as right, you're... right right well mm, and, and i love the fact that you i which i've never done any of this and it, it definitely now i can't because you've done it and i'll just be copying you but <laughs> the the whole milk paint i love the idea of um it's kind of grounded in that traditional shaker but then mixed into this you know really modern uh clean line stuff and it just that little little bit of color is really amazing i love i love that balance uh, you play with yeah i i like color too and it's just something that came about organically for me um because i would see people like fit out the interior of boxes with like flocking and <laughs> all this all this other sh stuff right yeah. and <laughs> and mm -hmm. And to me, it just, I didn't like it. So right. I started to think, you know, what, you know, I like you open something up. I, I kind of like that there's a, a, a bright, a bright splash of color. Right. And um, so that's, but fabric also has texture and it introduces another element uh, to the design. So I, and I love the colors of milk paint and the way that it's, uh, it's not a uniform color. It's right. a, you know, but yeah. yeah, you're, I mean, I think you're right. Like I never noticed this about myself, but Pekovich told me this. He was like, you know, you, you take traditional materials and you use them in very right. unusual ways or modern yeah. ways. And... Modern ways. You simplify it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like that. <laughs> yeah. So I have a question. Where, where are the majority of these boxes now? The, my Different. student's house. Yeah. <laughs> 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 She's very kind to me. Yeah, it's it's been um, awesome seeing them up personally. <laughs> yeah, and it still always sends me a text criticizing them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will next time. Yeah. Um, some of them, a number of them, I've sold. Uh, yeah. Some of them I gave away to people who are dear to me. Um, many of them are just sitting in cardboard boxes at my house. So. I am trying to sell them, uh, and, you know, find people to buy them, but 
right. you know, for, for me, it's already paid for itself. You know, the sure. book has sold really well. Um, and the book, the, the entire project has been extremely beneficial for me professionally, you know, in getting me teaching jobs and uh, stuff like that. So yeah. I'm not really too concerned about selling them all off, but um, it's kind of like sure. a, it's kind of like a byproduct in a way, right? It's like you know, it wasn't ultimately about selling the boxes. It was about the book, and then that's brought a ton of other you know avenues. And if you sell some boxes here and there, that's great. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's kinda, that's kind of awesome. Well, really, I mean, ultimately, initially, it was all about just becoming a better designer, right? right. And I think I did, and um, everything else that's happened as a result of that is a you know, benefits that I did not anticipate. That's awesome. Uh, did you have yeah. a lot of the ideas for them as you went, or did some of them come as you built the ones you were working on? Ideas yeah. for, for, for future ones? It, it was definitely like that, where when I made the first two boxes, I had no idea what the third box was going to be like. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and as I was making them, I was able to take what I like, Oh, I thought that was successful in that box. And this was successful in this box and start to push my design in a direction I would never have anticipated. So it was definitely, yeah, definitely was a very organic and evolutionary process. I'm excited to get your book, especially after hearing, um, you know, your, your experience with the process, you know, the evolution of your boxes as you were making them did, when you got toward, you know, 45, 46, were you like seeing the finish line and you could have kept going? Like you could have like, um, but you know, I mean, that's a lot of work. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like at 52 or you like, maybe I should just do, you know, 60. <laughs> yeah, I'll go a year and a half. <laughs> well, yeah, I definitely could have kept going and designing new and different boxes. And, I've made stuff since then that carried on uh, what I was doing then. Right. And so I wasn't, I was kind of bummed out when it, when it ended because it was yeah. like, you know, I loved being in the shop and I loved the challenge of designing something every week or so and, and pushing myself to find new ways to skin the cat, so to speak, you know? Sure. And, sure. Yeah, and I do think the possibilities are limitless, you know, that you could continuously make and remake uh, a box or a cabinet or a sideboard. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, you that's could, you why... Could remake, you could remake the same box and, right. it, you know, instill different design into it. Right. right. That's, yeah. that's why we're custom furniture makers. I mean, it's uh, ultimately, it's for the most part, we're doing the same thing again and again, but it's a new twist to it, you know? Mm -hmm. and that's, mm -hmm. that's that's what's fun about it that's really cool i had no idea like i honestly did not realize that the book wasn't the intention um and that's I've, i noticed a couple of times i keep saying you you went out to do the book and so i apologize it's you didn't it was about design so that that's even more cool because it, it totally wasn't about the book and about teaching the classes so that's pretty awesome um, yeah, it wasn't, and I've told you, I've told you that like fifteen. Times. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I just don't believe you. Okay. <laughs> hey, Matt. Um, yes. Who's this? Is this Ben? This is Ben. Oh, okay. Hi, Ben. Of, of the with those designs, where do you think you get the most design inspiration as you 
as you were making them or after you had made them and you were able to like have them um, sit someplace and be able to see them on occasion. Does that make sense as far as, as far as a question? Like, yeah, you're do asking, you think you're that, asking, where did I get my, what has influenced me the most in my design? Well, what right. I mean was, is when you were doing the designs, do you think that the most inspiration came to you, like as you were building those boxes, or do you think it came after the fact that you, after you had built them, and now maybe you can see them, now they're a physical thing that's around that maybe, you know, a week later, you take a look at that thing and it sparks something else. Um, oh, for, like for another box, like for, the for another box. box. Yeah, right. yeah. So, mm. I mean, sometimes you get inspiration as you're as you're building something because you look at something, you're like, oh, this would be better if it was over here, or maybe you know, maybe some, you know, a different a different take on this is evident when you're making it. But mm -hmm. I think also having the physical object and being able to let it sit on a shelf or whatever and kind of kind of steep so that you can you can see it. And then maybe later an inspiration comes. Well, he just put it in a cardboard box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Done with that one in Chuck a box. them in storage. Um, well, I don't know if I'm going to answer your question, but I'm going to say something. Um, <laughs> it, it, wasn't, it wasn't that great of a question anyway, so go ahead. Um, so when I was immersed, like when I was actually doing and making all this stuff, I would have, when I started to make a box, I knew what that box was going to be. I'd already sort of drew it out a couple of times and, and I knew how big it was going to be and all that kind of stuff. So, but I definitely, when I was done, I was definitely thinking about like, oh, I wish I'd done this differently or this really worked well. And as I went along making more boxes, I would go back and grab that stuff and think about it. And think about, okay, well, if I were going to do that again, how would I do it this time? What would I change? So it's really, I think it's sort of both things. It's when I make something, I, when I start making, I have a really clear idea of what it is I'm going to make. Because that's just, I have to do that. Um, right, right. Mm -hmm. That's the way that I function in the shop. Some people can do it on the fly. I, it's, that's not the way I am. I, I like to know... I can see it in my head before I make right, it. Right. Sure. And I'm going to make that thing that I see in my head. Right. And, um, but when I'm done with something and it sits for a while, like you said, I, I do take inspiration from it for sure. And I, and I think about, Oh, well, it would have been a little more elegant if I had done this or I should have tweaked that. And the next time, I incorporate that feature or that design principle or element into into something I make. I I refine it. Very cool. Now, um, you, what made you start getting into the doing with the Comico? Uh, uh, I'm kind of curious to hear about uh, about that. Like, what what inspired you to start doing that and and incorporating it with your boxes? I mean, I I, I guess I guess the question is, what inspired you to start doing that? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I picked that up, Phil. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm really good at this one. <laughs> yeah, you're fantastic. You're a regular Morley Schaefer. Um, uh, I'm just going to um, hang up. Yeah. <laughs> so when I was at the magazine, we ran an article, a short article by John Reed Fox, who's a furniture maker in Massachusetts. He is 
an unbelievable master of the subtle. Yeah. And a lot of his work is influenced by Japanese design, and he uses Kumiko. So we ran this article and a little bit of how-to, and then Mike uh, Pekovich started to play around with it. And I saw what he was doing, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And this was all going on when I was making the 52 boxes. So I started to just play around with framework, not the infill patterns. But after I made the boxes, I started to make Kumiko panels, like in with the Asanoha pattern and stuff like that. And for me, it's just something that uh, it's a very meditative practice. It's a very calming thing to do. And so for me, it is beneficial beyond just making something. In some ways, it's very therapeutic. So mm-hmm. I, it's something that I really enjoy doing. And the more I've done it, it, I start to, you know, it's like, oh, well, I see the artistic potential sure. of this thing. So I started making decorative panels and I started, you know, exploring the different possibilities that the that particular craft offers and uh but but it definitely started with pekovich you know okay cool that's awesome that's interesting that's very uh, how old is that tradition oh jeez well pekovich is like 75 (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) um no i don't know hundreds of years if not more yeah it's well what's interesting is that with you know with social media it's like making a huge comeback or or maybe it's pekovich and maybe now it's matt candy but you're seeing you're starting to see a lot of it yeah that's i, sure. I gotta admit it's it definitely... always reminds me of you yeah oh, your, your you. the wall yeah. hangings are, are fantastic i mean thank you especially well, yeah. on, a, on a painted wall and the contrast they just they just come alive yeah well again i think from you know mike is fantastic at kumiko and there's no doubt that the fact that he was doing it piqued my interest mm-hmm. um you know he and I worked together every day for 10 years and we, we, yeah, we interacted with each other every day and we always talk about design. We always talk about what we're working on and, you know, he definitely rubbed off on me and I had to take out a restraining order. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, But yeah, so he definitely influenced me, but I mean, I think again, just like with milk paint, and other stuff that I do, I took something that was a traditional art form and began to use it in a different way. Right, right. And, you know, I don't think I was, the, I'm sure I'm not the first person to do that. I know I'm not, but, you know, I think I have my own unique take on it. Yeah. And the way that I, you know, the way that I'm making these decorative wall hangings uh, well, is. It's kind of funny that, I mean, I think, and I guess it's just like my design preference, but. And it's, it's the same with a lot of your design. It's taking that traditional thing, but keeping it very simple. And, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm not saying it's simple to do, but keeping the look of it very simple. And, you know, when you look at, I mean, it's Kamiko masters. That's all they do. And I almost, and I'm probably going to get a lot of crap about this. I almost don't appreciate that type of level as much as what kind of you and Pekovich and, and Fox, uh, uh, John Reed, uh, Fox mm-hmm. has done because it's almost too hard to take in. It's it's crazy. Like you see those whole, entire walls, like twelve foot long walls by nine feet tall, and it's all Kamiko, and you think it's a painting. You know, yeah. you, you go yeah. up once you know it. It's like, oh my 
God, that's crazy. Why would you ever want to do that? That is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's just it's, it's too much for me. And I love sure. the idea of the simple furniture with with that Kamiko, just keeping it nice and clean. It's, it's you know, it just well, works really well. I, I think that, you know, like you, and if you really, if you make furniture a lot, if you make furniture for a living, you know how difficult it is to take like one or two elements or three elements and turn it into something beautiful you know something really simple that is beautiful it's hard it's really hard yeah yeah and pull the um, reins back so to speak mm -hmm. yeah and still make something that people that speaks to people and so yeah i mean i think that's i now i just sound like an arrogant jerk but i you know i think that's what it is about the panels i make is that they're so simple but at the same time they're beautiful you know, and and yeah, that's not easy to do. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. And that, and again, that's design preference and stuff. But that definitely, um, I can relate to that. And and for anyone that doesn't know John Reed Fox, they definitely need to look him up because oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. his yeah. his stuff is just. I'm just a shame he's not on Instagram. <laughs> you know, people get so kind of uh, close-minded. They think if you're not on Instagram, you don't exist. And it's kind of cr- crazy how many amazing people so <laughs> are not on Instagram. <laughs> well, that's I still don't know who this Ben guy is. <laughs> is he on Instagram? He, he's on Instagram too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> more Ben, more Ben, know, more yeah, Ben. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So, uh, with with designs, when you were at Fine Woodworking, you're, you're talking about working with Pekovic every day, um, and and all the other people that are that are working there. When you were doing the 52 boxes, were you able to be like open talking to everyone, or did you have to kind of close off a little bit because getting outside influences? I mean, uh, were you were you open to talking to everyone about the designs? He I mean, called he, me all the time. All the time like, looking, yeah, for, yeah. looking Send me for pictures. Inspiration. Yeah. Phil designed all of them. Actually. All of them. Well, no, just <laughs> yeah. 50. Yeah, just yeah. 50. That's, that's why they all look like Manchester United logos. <laughs> Manchester United logos. <laughs> Arsenal, Arsenal, Arsenal. Okay, okay sorry. Yeah, they're all gunners. They're I'm from London. Gunners. Yeah. Um, in the office, people knew what I was doing, and I would bring the boxes in as I made them. And you know, uh, at the magazine, there's a big variety of people. You know, there's like me and Pekovic, who are like hardcore shop junkies, and then there's you know like. There's Betsy and Liz. Betsy is the admin, and Liz is the copy editor. They both know woodworking really well, but they don't do woodworking. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, they're two people that are like family to me. And so I would, you know, and Anissa's there, and uh, you know, I guess now, I, not initially, I guess Ben Strano came in after I was done. Uh, but anyways, like Ed Pernick was there. So there are people there that. You know, I'm bringing it in to show it to them to get their response to see if they, it makes them feel something. Uh, but I wasn't looking to people. I mean, I'm fairly obstinate and stubborn, so <laughs> I'm not. You know, it's not like if I go and say, "Hey, I'm going to make this," and someone says, "Well, I don't really like that," right. I don't really give a shit. I don't give right, a shit if they right. like it or not. You know, right? But, uh, 
Well, that's the thing with Instagram, right? Yeah. Instagram, I don't. So I'm still doing it the way I'm doing it. Yeah, mm. they can get upset about me dropping the f bomb on Instagram. I don't care. Um, but uh, but Mike and I would talk a lot about the boxes as I was going along because a lot of times there would be technical challenges, and I would talk to Mike about it. And he and I, you know, he would he would say something, and that would make me think of something, and I'd come up with a solution. That's, yeah. yeah, that's a good relationship to have to have someone. Because like even that. if there's somebody that didn't like something about a box for whatever reason, there's still going to be you know tons more that do like it. So it oh yeah, really doesn't even matter. I wasn't right. I wasn't talking about people liking it or not liking it. It was more like influence. You know, like if you wanted to try to keep it wanted to try to keep it so it wasn't it was that you weren't getting like outside influences that that steered well, it. you know if you wanted to if you wanted to steer it yourself i mean I, i'm guessing you're pretty strong-willed you're a pretty strong-willed person you're going to steer it in the direction that you want to steer it in but also you're going to take like like mike's advice on things because you admire mike's design aesthetic mm-hmm. is that you know yeah um, i mean so before i got to the magazine you know i was a college professor and i taught philosophy and one of the things about so i you know going and being involved in philosophy uh as an undergraduate and as a grad student and all that stuff it's an everyday occurrence in a philosophy program for you to get criticized and for you to be someone to point out that you might be wrong so i'm very used to and appreciate constructive criticism. Sure. And uh, so that doesn't really, it doesn't bother me when people tell me stuff like, oh, I wouldn't have done this or I wouldn't have done that. Right, right. Um, Well, because you believe in yourself. I mean, that's the thing. You believe in what you're doing and that's what matters. And I'm I'm the same way. My mentor, uh, Michael, uh, his design and mine are very different but i value his opinion immensely when it comes to the craftsmanship of it mm-hmm. and and he knows that he he's he's never going to tell me like oh i would change this or change that because he knows i'm happy with this design and i'm the one who's probably my worst critic like i'm going to always keep looking at it and stuff but to have to have someone even come in and and, and say have you thought about this or thought about that I'm not not going to listen to it, but I'm probably still going to go with what I've been thinking about doing yeah. for it. You know what I'm saying? So I, I yeah. get Plus, you, you're the one seeing the overall vision or the end result. Right, right. Correct. Yeah. yeah. It's your design. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I, you know, I think when I first started the boxes, I probably would have been a little – I was a little more unsure. But by the time I finished and I saw the response that they were getting right. and – I was all of a sudden, I was like, you know what? If I do what I love, if I do what I'm passionate about, it's going to show. People are going to like it. Yeah. So, that's right. Yeah. Now I don't really worry about it. Now I just do what I. Now you're not passionate about it at all. I just, I fucking hate it. Oh my God. (laughs) Especially Comico panels, huh? Yeah. It's just, it's killing me. Absolutely killing me. It's really interesting fascinating really that you know as a professor and then you know now you're gonna it's gonna be like a a philosophy of box making you know the whys as well correct with with your follow-up book 
Yeah, that's right. So my next book, which I've started work on, uh, will be a book about this. The first book was about designing boxes. And the next book will be about making boxes. And I definitely have uh, thoughts about how boxes should be made. Mm. And, you know, a lot of it's tied into the boxes that I design. But um, I do think that there's, you know, a logical approach to box making that, you know, it makes sense to do things this way or that way. And in the second book, uh, I'm going to explain, like, like, this is how I do things and this is why I do them that way. And, like, if you want to have tight miters, here's what you got to do. And, um, yeah, so it's good. Yeah, so the second book is about the how to make boxes, but it also explains why I do the things that I do. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. I think that's what you asked. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be cool. You know, um, talking about... And also lots of photographs of me in my underwear. Yeah, (laughs) and plaid, (laughs) and plaid on your bench. My uh, plaid underwear. (laughs) Plaid underwear. (laughs) Uh, Now I can't remember what I was going to say. I'm thinking plaid underwear (laughs) on Matt Kenny. Um, you always get the you, you're not a you good mean, fault, man. You mean Kamiko patterns. Kamiko patterns. <laughs> yeah. Someone's going to now make those. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, boxes. Okay, yeah, boxes. Uh, I just had a, um, not boxer shorts, but boxes. I had a, uh, <laughs> a a cabinet at a show, which if you're going to put something in a show that's going to have like, you know, thousands of people coming through, it's, they, they kill it, man. They put your stuff through the ringer. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But a little kid pulled one of my jewelry boxes out of the cabinet and dropped it on the ground. If you put your furniture in the food court at the mall, A, it's not a show. Dude, you've got to expect that some kid well, with hey, man. hands is going to come along. Hey, look, we all have to start somewhere, okay? Yeah. All right. And it yeah. was it was a pretty nice fast food chain, you know. Yeah. It wasn't a MacD's. Yeah. Well, it was funny because I was there and the kid was with his mother, and I heard the box hit the ground. And I look up, and I didn't even go over. Leslie Webb was with me, and she's like, you're going to go say something? I'm like, what's the point? She's like, you think it's broken? I'm like, I know it's broken. Those little miters, there's no, they weren't reinforced at all. And that shock mm-hmm. of it hitting the ground, and yeah, it popped open three of the miters. And not like totally, it didn't blow open. I can re-glue them, but yeah. But, but they bought it, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> no, I didn't say anything, but whatever. Anyhow. Great. You guys want to hear a story about something that I did that was like that. <laughs> yes. Um, so I, uh, I started uh, the last couple of years I was at the magazine. I started working with Garrett Hack a lot or several times. So uh, I go up to Garrett's shop for a photo shoot and um, he's got this, this cabinet that he's working on. And it's, you know, it's, it's like all of Garrett's work. It's absolutely gorgeous. I mean, it's not done yet, but it has all these like hidden compartments and stuff. Oh, that's awesome. And he's like, hey, you know, Garrett, one of the things he does is like put little tiny drawers in weird places. Right. And he's like, hey, see, pull that drawer out. And so I, it's a very tiny, delicate drawer. And <laughs> I start pulling it out, and it's curved. The drawer is curved. And he's uh, like, look at that. He's like, it's curved. It's curved. It's like, keep pulling it. Keep pulling it. So I keep pulling it. <laughs> oh, no. And I'm barely holding on to it because it's so small and delicate. And he had not put the stop in yet. So I pull it all the way out and it falls out of my, you know, to the ground. 
and he wasn't looking at the time, but he heard the sound, and he was like, what oh, no. did you do? <laughs> Fortunately. Oh, my God. Yeah. This is probably like a, you know, like a $20,000 piece or something. Oh, uh, for, fortunately, oh, it didn't God. damage the drawer. I was like, Garrett, yeah. I am so sorry. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> man. Well, that wasn't your first visit. Welcome to him, was it? No, it wasn't the first visit. It was my last. <laughs> probably the last, though. <laughs> it wasn't the last. <laughs> yeah his piece is a and, and maybe i don't know his work that well but th- did he change direction or has he always done those like really crazy amazing little cabinets that there's nothing straight on it he's definitely developed through the years like initially i think what garrett perfected what garrett developed and was uniquely his was like a combination of shaker and federal design right right and recently Man, crazy yeah, and probably in the last maybe five to ten years, he's started to get more. He gets he's gotten away from that, and there's more curves involved. He does a lot of uh, coopering. Coopering, yeah, big yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, definitely. Did, it's it's gotten more kind of artsy. It's I mean it's beautiful. I mean in the best sense of the word, mm-hmm. but it's it's definitely it's 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 art. It's unbelievable. Yeah, he's an amazing designer, an amazing maker. And a person who has unbelievable control of the tools and materials of this craft. Yeah. Sure. I bet visiting uh, other makers' he's, shops Phil, is, uh... Well, he's like way, way, way better than Phil. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the fact you even put me in that same category, I'll just take that. <laughs> so there's a chance I could be that good? <laughs> no, not really. No, not. no. You know, we should drop this and just call up Garrett and see if he'll come. <laughs> yeah. No, he won't. He no, won't. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you guys don't touch my drawers. I'm only <laughs> doing this because you guys promised me a pack of bologna if I did it. Bologna. <laughs> yeah, bologna sandwich. Yeah. I bet I, it was really so, cool visiting uh, other makers' shops while you were with the magazine, yeah? For sure. It was... Uh, it was a 10-year intensive learning process for me. When I did an article with somebody, it was a one-on-one class with that person. Mm. And I could ask them anything I wanted to. And then I went to their shop and watched them do that thing. So, you know, I learned how to make uh, curved panels, you know, in the vacuum press from Michael Fortune. Yeah, and. Awesome. I've learned how to cut a lot of tool, a lot of joinery. Like I improved my hand cut joinery by working with Chris Gochner. And, you know, so I learned a ton about routers by working with Greg Paolini. And um, so pretty much, pretty much not every article. There are some articles where the people I worked with are assholes. And hey, <laughs> hey, 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 yeah. Most Man. of them were in Wimberley, Texas. Um, <laughs> first name Philip. I was effing terrified when you came out. I'll just tell middle you that. Name, middle name Chav. 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 I do remember Phil. You were Phil was really nervous when I showed up, and it was funny. Was it was so really nervous. funny. Yeah, it was yeah. funny. But because um, yeah. <laughs> I was just there doing my job, you know. It was. Um, but yeah, it was. It was a really intense 10 years where I built a lot, I learned a lot, and I don't think I can underestimate the importance of being 
close friends with Mike Pekovich and having Mike as a resource to mm. throw ideas off of, because Mike's one of the best furniture makers alive today. Um, he's an excellent designer and technically Mike is just, I mean, his mind is unbelievable when it comes to the technical side of woodworking, like, like Michael Fortune. Michael Fortune is an, is just a freaking wizard. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and to be able to watch these people work and to ask them questions and to have them happily answer you is was a privilege beyond belief for me. And I definitely, without working at the magazine, if I had not gone there, I I would not be where I am today. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah, for sure, I wouldn't be. Um, yeah, it's a pretty amazing opportunity. Yeah, I'd probably be like this guy Ben y'all keep referencing. <laughs> <laughs> some lonely, some lonely guy in South Dakota. <laughs> oh God, this guy's in South Dakota. <laughs> Scratch that. Yeah, jeez, I wouldn't have been that bad. <laughs> oh, nice. So with your, with the, with the fifty two boxes, sorry to go back to it, but do you think that you had a do you think you had a design voice before it, or I mean, you certainly I think have one now that it's done. Do you think you had it before, or do you think it was something that developed through that through that process? Well, when I started, there were definitely a handful of things that I had made uh, that were you could look at now and you could identify as stuff that I like, Oh, that's clearly got his stink on it. Um, <laughs> but I do think it, that through the process of making all those, without a doubt, I developed a, an aesthetic that is, you that is identifiable as me. And, but I don't think that's hard to do. I think what you have to do is like everyone, when you look at the world, you see it in a particular way you know like the stuff that i notice in the world is different than the stuff that say phil or mike pekovich notice in the world and you have to see what it is that how you look at the world and and that's what i did i, I was like this is the stuff that i noticed i noticed patterns i noticed geometry mm. i noticed mm. colors i noticed lines and and textures and all that yeah, and it's like that's the stuff that grabs me when I'm looking at the world. And I started to make stuff that reflected that, you know, that way of looking at the world. And because that's in some way, you know, the way I look at the world is unique to me, I ended up being able to make stuff that was unique. Um, but I think anyone can do that. You know, you just have to take the time to be quiet and take the time to think about how you interpret the world uh, to figure that stuff out. And then you can start to work with it and develop it. Yeah. See, I just don't that's, have any quiet in my life. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, you can't do that with five kids. Yeah, Phil. I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna, you know, Give me 10 years. Give, yeah, don't just stop. <laughs> yeah, just stop now. <laughs> no, that's really yeah. cool, man. I like I like that. That's very cool. Mm -hmm. Would if would you be able to put all 52 boxes in order time frame? <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure I could, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and you there's probably like neuro associations with each one, you know, like okay, when I was, you know, box number 33, you know, I had this going on in my life. 
Uh, I I don't. Well, I mean, I've not been. uh, I I mean, if people follow me on Instagram, they know that I have not uh, hidden what's happened in my life the last, say, three or so years since I started making the boxes. It's been rather tumultuous, tumultuous. Um, But uh, I don't know. I don't know if I could say, like, when I was making this box, this happened. But it's more just like I know what order I made them in. Right, yeah, right. you know I can't remember what I did yesterday. Right yeah, but Phil definitely knows what order his babies were born in. Uh, I think. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I can't keep count. If you go into his office, he has pictures of them, and he has number one next to one of them. <laughs> hey, two next to the I know one. you. I know you're not with the magazine anymore. But when I signed that contract and you signed it, saying you couldn't share my personal information. <laughs> <laughs> just because you're not with the magazine anymore <laughs> you know i was really tempted to put like a big picture and frame it of you up on my shop or something i heard one of your podcasts um that someone did that in the restroom or something they had one of your magazines when you went to go yeah. do an article <laughs> so, yeah and my wife stopped well, me i was like come on <laughs> well, that's awesome <laughs> It's funny that Phil acts this way because Phil is a fantastic furniture maker and he's a better furniture maker than I am for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> um, he is without a doubt. Um, I mean, he is though. I mean, he's this rough and tumble guy from London, which is, you know, and I'm a sophisticated Southern gentleman. But um, <laughs> you're, you're a doctor and I'm a, I'm a doctor, yeah. Um, but, uh, so I always, I was always tickled when because Phil would act that way. And I'm like, Phil, come on, you're a fantastic furniture maker. Um, but uh, yeah, it was Hank Gilpin. Hank Gilpin, who is just an unbelievable designer and maker. He's just phenomenal. Is, uh, is, he, on, is he on Instagram? Does anybody know? No, I he's not. seriously doubt it. No, yeah, not, he's not. Some of, not some of those sure. guys, I mean, it's like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, not sure see, Hank, we... I'm not sure Hank is even on this planet. Yeah, right? <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Know? But uh, yeah, he's amazing. He, the first the first time I went to work with him, I, I had not been at the magazine very long, and there had been this article where there it was a it was a review of uh, bench vices, and the guy that reviewed them picked the Veritas twin screw vice as the best overall, and Mike wanted to shoot something for the cover, and I happened to own that vice on my bench, and so we went and shot it in my shop. And uh, so this was like within four or five issues of me being at the magazine. I was on oh, the wow. cover of the magazine, right? <clears throat> it's right. not just, it's like my face and everything. And uh, so Gilpin knew that somehow. And so he knew that eventually that day when I was at his, at his shop in his house that I would want to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so, so I... Awesome. So he put this like magazine rack directly across from the toilet. So like if you were sitting on the toilet, you would see it. And like front and center was the cut that mag issue with me on the cover. And because he <laughs> he wanted me to go in there and think that he sits on the toilet and looks at the issue of me, <laughs> the cover. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that guy does some wild stuff, man. He, yeah, really. It's wild. funny though, seeing he's changed. I mean, I know everybody changes, but I just went to his website. I don't know if he has a couple of guys working for him now, but you can see some his style has evolved a little bit. 
Yeah. Um, he's really gone to some crazy woods and stuff. You just but... went to his website. Another example of y'all's crack research. Oh, yeah. Well, how the heck did we know you were going to freaking mention him, huh? <laughs> like I said, I don't remember what I did yesterday. Right. Crack. Crack research. <laughs> uh, come on, man. We're not yeah. being filmed, so it's all good. I'm in my boxer shorts. Plaid. Plaid. I can't tell you how many times I've seen you in your boxer shorts. It's always and, uh, on, the, on the trampoline, too, right? Yes, yes. On the, on the... <laughs> well, hey, so... I would love to hear a little bit, um, you know, like you said, you've had quite a lot happen in the last few years and you're not with the magazine anymore. Um, but I mean, it seems like it hasn't slowed you down at all and, and really probably uh, probably Propelled overstepping, you, yeah. but probably blessing in disguise. Um, mm -hmm. But you just got back from Australia. You, would you mind talking a little bit about um, kind of what you've got coming up as far as classes? You spoke about the new book. Um, are you, you know, you're doing commission work? Just, just a little bit about kind of what you see uh, the future uh, for you being out um, of the magazine. Yeah, well, mostly it involves a tent and an overpass. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've got a room. Yeah, I'm gonna oh, come well. down. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be Phil's tenth kid. Tenth um, kid. There you go. Um, so I am doing commission work, but I'm also something I, I want to do. It, which really is important to me is that um, I like I can't afford the stuff that I make, right? If, like if I were to right. make a buck, I couldn't afford to buy it. Right. And I I want to make stuff that is affordable to the average person. Right. Right. And so one thing that I'm really excited about is I I've done that once on Instagram and it got a really good response. I made a Kumiko panel and you know I said, hey, if 20 people will commit to buying this I can make it at a price that y'all can afford yeah and that turned out well and I'm looking forward to doing that more um but I'm also doing commission work and uh some spec work um I'm writing and uh I also have uh started a podcast and we've recorded an episode um nice and, what, what's yeah, it called it is called the Matt and Joe Woodworking Fun Hour um, <laughs> is you bullshitting with us or what? <laughs> it's not available yet, but it will be. Um, and when it is, I'll announce it on my Instagram and stuff. But um, it's no, it's real, Phil. It's going to be real. Awesome. That's awesome. I, I have you scheduled for the fifth year. For the fifth um, year? <laughs> yeah. Thanks. After this, you think I'm going to go on your podcast? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm doing a lot of teaching, and people can go to my website, uh, mekwoodworks.com, and they can see my teaching schedule, and they can also buy stuff for me through my website. Awesome. Um, and but yeah, I'm doing a lot of teaching. I was just in Australia in October, uh, teaching how, there. How how was that? I mean, that had to be an amazing experience. Oh, it was fantastic. It was amazing. It was absolutely life changing for me. That's um, so cool. Yeah, two weeks, two yeah, two weeks, right? Yeah, I was there for a little over two weeks, nice. uh, roughly two weeks, and I'm going back to teach again in January, and I'll be there for like two and a half weeks. Um, and you know, like right now as we record this, I'm in Washington State uh, <coughs> doing two two weekend courses, um, and outside of Seattle, in a oh, tremendously nice. beautiful area. I can see Mount Rainier from my bedroom when I wake up in the morning. Awesome, um, that sounds great. 
Yeah, so I'm teaching a lot. You know, I've got classes at Mark Adams, Anderson Ranch, Florida School of Woodwork, Peters Valley Crafts School. Um, so That's fantastic. That. Yeah. I, what, uh, what are you gonna, what 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 topic will will you be teaching at Anderson Ranch? That is a class on box making. Mm, nice. Yeah, I love yeah. that place. Yeah, I've never been. I'm excited to go there. Um, yeah, it's it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What so, time of the year will you will you be up there? Do you think? I this, believe this coming it, summer? Yes, this coming summer. I believe it's right at the end of August. Yeah, good time to um, be there. Yeah, but there is a um, on my website. There's a page that lists all my teaching. It doesn't like okay, for, cool. it doesn't it, like it doesn't list this what I'm doing right now. But that's because this was uh, a weird setup in terms of uh, it's more private. Like a, yeah, it's kind of private. So, but all my all my teaching at, at public schools you know that's all listed there and is uh is the uh, austin school of furniture and design is that is that on your website yet it's not on my website yet but if you guys would like me to come down to austin <laughs> i will gladly do it yeah we're definitely gonna we're gonna make that happen yeah i would love For to sure. come down there and do that i love teaching um you know uh, i was you know i went in the i wanted to be a college professor because i wanted to teach and That's awesome. working, at, working at the magazine was like <clears throat> teaching. Um, right, right. And now I just, I love teaching. I love meeting people who want to learn this craft that I love. And right. I love sharing what little knowledge I have with them. And um, I like to see people get excited about it. And that's what teaching does. Yeah, absolutely. So, that's really mm-hmm. cool. Well, man, that's, it sounds like you're, yeah, you're, you're busy. <laughs> that's good and you're working yeah. you're finishing out your shop right yep yep i'm i moved to a new house in april and i now i just did the last coat of uh joint compounds on the drywall so when i get back home i'm gonna sand it and paint it and my it should be dry yeah yeah plenty of time um yeah <clears throat> so i'm just you know i'm just about done with the shop and that'll let me start doing uh one thing i'm gonna do with the podcast that i'm doing is I'm going to do video content for YouTube that corresponds to what we're doing on the podcast. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, And I'll be doing, you know, there's, I have other ideas for what, for what to do, things that I wanted to do before, but wasn't really in a position to do. Right. Um, But now, you know, I was lucky that when I threw the magazine, I met a lot of great furniture makers and uh, a lot of them have interesting stories and uh, uh, interesting ways of life. And so I think, you know, I'll uh, cover some of that as well. Um, That's really cool. Yeah, man, that work for the magazines opened up a lot of doors for you, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Without a doubt. Um, That's really cool. yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just I would absolutely not be in the position I am now without my stint at fine woodworking but at the same time it it you know uh i'm not being there anymore has i think opened up new opportunities to me that uh will allow me to flourish absolutely that's fantastic Mm -hmm. that's really cool yeah plus i don't have to worry about pekovich doing weird things to me anymore (laughs) <laughs> rubbing up against you anymore yeah <laughs> I, I kind of figured there's something a little odd about that guy yeah <laughs> the nice yeah, thing is should, he I... will never listen to this podcast no he absolutely will not he definitely would not I mean I'm not even going to listen to it 
<laughs> so I don't blame you. We don't either. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> I don't know if anyone does. <laughs> we got, my, Are my, we recording? My mother. <laughs> my mother yeah. and your kids. And my kids. <laughs> yeah, no, Mike, Mike is an absolute uh, sweetheart, an absolutely wonderful person. Anyway, awesome. yeah, I don't want to, I don't want people to think that I'm just mean or making fun of him. I, I, I admire Mike tremendously. No, that 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 yeah. that came it across. Comes across. Yeah, the, <laughs> you're mean to me, but that's <laughs> yeah, because he likes you. <laughs> yeah, it's because I like you, Phil. It's because you like me, man. Did you hear that, people? Yeah, <laughs> very cool. Write, th- write that down, Phil. Write it down. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, ben, you got any direction to go? We're getting close to the end of this. No, I don't think so. I think I mean it's been great having you on, Matt. I really appreciate you, you know, taking the time. I know you're you're out in Washington right now, so you know we appreciate mm-hmm. you taking that time away from being out there. Um, yeah. Well, I was just drinking beer tonight. Nice. <laughs> 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 yeah. Appreciate you taking time with that too. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It probably, it probably so, slowed the productivity down on the drinking beer a little bit. He's like, not really. No. <laughs> so, I was drinking beer and drawing robots. That's all I was doing. So, okay, so the ro- okay robots. one last thing, the robots. I want to about that. Yeah. <laughs> you got a kid's book coming? Oh, I mean, come on. Don't be ridiculous. Um, I just huh? draw robots sometimes. Um, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I, I, you know, I've drawn for a long time, and uh, – Someone, a friend of mine, has convinced me that I should do something with them. And yeah, uh, first, I, it's going to be probably an Instagram feed. Right. Um, and, uh, but we'll see what goes from there. You know, there's a lot of stuff in my life that's woodworking related that, in some ways, I, you know, I talk about anxiety and depression some on my Instagram feed. Right. Uh, which is something that I've had to deal with. And, um, I think I'm lucky to be in a position where uh, I do have, like, just like Phil. Phil has a larger Instagram audience than me, and, and Ramon might as well, actually. Um, but, you know. I, I bought them all. You bought them all? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's things like that that seem to resonate with people, uh, which I didn't expect. But, oh, um, man, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely resonates with people. And so, you know, the robots might be an avenue for me to, uh, you know, deal with that issue right. uh, better than through a woodworking Instagram feed, sure. you know. But, um, that's yeah, really cool, so there's, man. yeah, there's stuff like that in my life that's not woodworking related that, I, that I'm working on, that I'm doing, uh, but just doesn't show up in my Instagram feed, you know. Sure. That's really cool. All the, the robots do. Right, right, the robots do every now I mean, every now and then. They're cool, man. Yeah. I like them. So, you, mean, you, you mean you, you, you mean you actually have something outside of your life that isn't on Instagram? Yeah, right. If it doesn't, oh, if oh. it's not on Instagram. It doesn't happen. What? And yeah. and you have two accounts, right? What's your other account? Oh uh, no, I have Don't more you... than two accounts. I only have two that oh. are public. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I have uh, my main account Jeez. is M E K Woodwork, um, and then I have a an account called a Woodworker's Life, which is all black and white photography. Oh, that's right. I okay, I remember seeing that. Yeah, you, ju- you yeah, just posted a picture today of of the log i guess on the cabin was that what it was yeah so where i am this week is uh this guy's house is a uh like a log cabin if awesome. you know the, if the taj mahal was a log cabin that's <laughs> <what it did. laughs> nice um yeah it's a really impressive and, and the view from the property is just unbelievable 
Um, but yeah, I posted that picture of the ingrain of the log, which was super tight grain, really yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I had that account of well, which is more like my artsy black and white photography. Yeah. Which I, which I think I have made uh, an appearance, or at least my shop has. So there's well, that. That's awesome. There's that going for it too. There's, there's a there's a portrait of you on there. There's a port. Is there really? Yeah. <laughs> In which you don't look like an idiot. Um, <laughs> How did you manage to get that? <laughs> Photoshop. Photoshop. <laughs> it's not even my face. <laughs> but there's also That's a cool. really gr one of the best photographs I've ever taken of of your rocker. In your shop, uh, yeah, yeah, that I, was, I love that. Yeah, that's a really good photograph, and um, but yeah, so I'm really passionate about photography as well. Yeah, so you've got um, a lot of a different avenues, man. That's so yeah, cool. That mm -hmm. is very cool. Yeah. So, well, I hope so. You know, who knows? I'll probably still be living <laughs> under a bridge in six months. <laughs> no, no way. Got too many. Got too many skills. Too, much, mm. too many skills with passion. So that's all yeah, we need. Well. And not ten kids. Well, Matt, it's been fantastic. Um, I've been looking forward to this since we start, first started talking about it. So we we really appreciate you uh, taking the time for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no problem. Anything for Phil, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now I now I'm in debt to you. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Exactly. Was it one lounge chair or two lounge chairs? There's three lounge chairs. <laughs> three lounge chairs. Jeez, that got expensive. You're not that good. <laughs> yeah, man. All uh, right. Thanks for coming on. Well, <clears throat> yeah. Thank you all once again for tuning in to an entertaining and interesting episode of Woodworkers Podcast. We certainly appreciate it. If you have any questions, comments about this show, previous shows, or suggestions for topics on future shows, Feel free to DM any one of us or leave us a note at our Woodworks podcast account. Also, we'd appreciate it if you would leave us a rating over at iTunes, you know, preferably five stars. <laughs> and so on behalf of Ben, Phil, and the humorous, witty, and talented Matt Kenny, I'm Ramon, and we'll catch you right here on the next episode of Woodworkers Podcast. All right. Cheers, guys. Thanks. Thanks yeah, a lot. Thanks. Bye. Yeah. Peace.